I'm looking forward to the inevitable film adaptation of this. Yeah. This is the Star Wars story. <laughs> Everyone is Nazis, a Star Wars Three story. Three assholes, a Star Wars right, story. All um, right, let's do like a 10, <laughs> two, 15 two assholes minute. Two a droid. Is a Star Wars story. Two and a half assholes. Yeah, we'll just do like a 10, 15 minute debrief real quick, and then you can all get to fuck out. Hi everybody and welcome to your Terrible Warriors Debrief. I've never run one of these before. This is exciting. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're here after the Star Wars game. Star Wars. We just sat down and did the whole thing in one go. So like, how, how does everybody feel? You've been listening to me yammer on for four bloody hours. I mean, so. first off, I think this marks our very first Bree Brief. Oh, oh, you're fired. <laughs> Justin just threw his headphones in the other room. He's like, how did I not come up with this? Uh, he he's left, gone. he's gone. He left, he's gone forever. He left the recording booth. I run the recording studio now. Welcome. <laughs> Look at me, I'm the captain. <laughs> Look, at, Look at me. <laughs> that was fun. That was, that was a great campaign. Uh, this system is... It's neat. Um, they definitely want you to buy the dice because I don't think there's any way we could have done that. Like we we could have looked at a table, and had uh, our dice, but like that would have been with like regular dice and like substituting. Yep. That would be insane. Yeah, honestly, it was worth the fifteen dollars to me to just purchase the dice and never look at that table. To ever just again. buy the dice and then fuck it. Now that being said, I know a lot of people are really against the proprietary dice, and they could have written in any other system that could have used regular dice so that people could just, you know, use the same dice for this game as they use with every other game. And I know that it's a cash grab that they're like, oh, we're going to make our own proprietary dice, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that they're color-coded and that they use symbols instead of numbers makes it so much easier for people to play and to figure out what the fuck is going on. So when they roll their dice, they're like... Unless you are colorblind. Unless, if you are red, green, colorblind, you're going to have a hard time with these no, dice. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> no, and with, with that aside, I was just like, a, a child could learn this. Because you roll it and go like, okay, these symbols cancel out these symbols. So that, and what am I left over with? Yeah. And it's just it's just a really basic subtraction to give you an idea as to how well you did. And then the GM can pick it up at that point being like, okay, so you got a success but a threat. Or you got no successes. Or you got a failure but a bunch of advantages. Uh, so like... Then they it gives the GM then things to work with to like spell that out instead of being like oh it's a difficulty of fifteen you rolled a sixteen okay you just you did it good for you yeah. like it's I like the uh, advantages threat mechanic a lot like I've my only experience really playing tabletop role playing games has actually been running a couple of sessions maybe like four um, for some friends of mine where I was the the GM um, having not played. Mm-hmm. Previously, and what I found was I was in these instances of uh, combat a lot, which is just like a lot yeah. of rolling and kind of going like, "Well, this is getting really boring because this fight is going on forever." Um, and I like the idea of it just being more simplified into like yeah. positive, <clears throat> really positive. You neutral, can you can get, get really very deep. deep into the weeds in fights on this. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, we didn't have any in our. In no, our I did write a campaign that like if you guys. I have a contingency rolled out where I rolled and and I kind of told you about the Nogri being a complete party wipe to yeah. kind of force you away from this because the Nogri are very insane. Uh, I did ha- I was prepared for the eventuality that you could be like, can we assassinate an Imperial Grand Admiral? Like if you guys got really gun happy <sighs> somewhere in the middle of it, I was ready for you to try and assassinate Thrawn. Yeah. 
Uh, but it would it would have probably been the end of Rogue One. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what would have happened. The explosion, realistically. And... But I was prepared for the eventuality. See, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of combat in excessive combat in, in kind I of bigger games. I don't like listening to it. Yeah, and also I, I find it's boring to listen to, and also like it's why I'm a I'm, I'm a very outspoken critic of of. D&D 3.5 slash Pathfinder because it's all table diving. It's all like, it you know, it's, it's all meant combat. It's all combat. And I feel like if, if you, video games <clears throat> do combat better. What pen and paper games do is allow you to role play. And yes. combat is, is, a fe- is definitely an element. And tension is definitely an element. But like we just pulled off a four episode campaign without a single fight mm-hmm. because the setting and the premise and the, the our actions were, were intriguing. And I think that's always a success in my mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think that it's really cool. Like, like I'm always down for doing things like rolling out one of those mats that have all the squares on it, yeah. using the, the, like, the wash-away markers to draw on your dungeons and using minis to be like, okay, well, your character has this much movement, so you can move these mini squares. Yeah. And then, like, the, the whole, like, table... I, I like that uh, games like D&D have the strategy element where you mm-hmm. can l- put out a board and put down all your pieces and then, like, play a little war game. But then between that, there is a bunch of role play and strategizing and, and, and interaction between characters and stuff that you don't have to lay out like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously on a podcast, it really lends itself to playing games that are much more role play oriented rather than uh, doing the combat and stuff like that because it's, like, we, we, we can't... Even if we had those toys and stuff, we couldn't show I, people. And I think that's why I like playing like games that are like like powered by apocalypse stuff and new games because D and D has the has the baggage of it was built as a table as a strategy wargaming thing by wargame enthusiasts for d- dungeon delving, and yep. then organically over time the role playing elements were added to it. But it's a bit of a dog's breakfast, right? Whereas with like even this game, it's very purposefully built. Yep. To enable things. I, I like that. I Th- this game is very flexible. And, I mean, I read this is almost a 500-page rule book sitting on the table here. And I know Julian read a chunk of it. Um, but everyone else, I was like, don't read the book. It's really intense. Like, don't do it. I have read <laughs> yeah. I have read the whole thing. There, yeah. were, there were a lot of things in here. This book is very carefully written so that if you are not a role-play heavy person, they have dice rolls for everything. Mm-hmm. You can roll your entire character by using percentile, like, 2D10s. Yeah. Mm. You can do all that. There are threat mechanics and obligation mechanics that you can do with percentile dice rolls if you are not a role-playing GM. Mm. But I ignored all of that. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, if, <laughs> if you're not comfortable with it, then, the, like, there's a system that can take the, the wheel for you. Yeah. How, how far can you go in the game in terms of level progression? Like, if we were to make this a campaign that lasted uh, you know, if you, years So your skill progressions go all the way up to six. Uh. Um, but as I understand, like, I was only really looking at some of the beginner stuff because this is a 500-page rulebook. Yeah, yeah. But there are entire sections of this rulebook that are just like, here's a shit ton of, plan- of planets, here's a shit ton of ships, here's how space combat works, which I did not read at yeah. all. Like, there are a lot um. of different mechanics that we could keep going with, and I believe it's a similar progression. Someone is going to correct me later. Uh, I believe it is a similar progression to d d where there's a, a like prestige. level cap, yeah. right. right? And then you're just kind of playing God mode for fun. Yeah, I feel like the, the prestige in this is actually would be pretty cool <laughs> because like you know in D and D, yeah, you hit your epic level or your prestige level characters, and then you get new classes and new abilities, and yeah, it's just you're running around as gods at that point. But like with with this, the prestiging is like 
oh, you're a ge- now you're a general, now you have a fleet, right? Now you have yeah. ships at your disposal. The scale of your combat and your conquests have changed. And, or, and you were allowed to change, like, on your character sheets. One of the <clears> things we did was there are careers and uh, what's the other one under that? Because I closed my book, specializations. Yeah. Um, your career... Unless you do kind of like a major character rewrite where like in the mid- you get promoted to do something completely different, you can change careers, but mostly you will just change specializations. And the way they write it in the book is Han Solo is uh, like a scoundrel kind of a character, but he has been a pilot and a smuggler and a freedom fighter, and those are his specializations. Right. So they all follow under kind of the same umbrella right, this, like, rogue character umbrella, but they're all different things, and as you transition, you get more skills. So it's not so much, like, a flat level, like, your numbers in the little circles across the top of the character sheet, which is your brawn and your intellect and your charisma and all that, like, will level up as you continue, and your thresholds, which we didn't play with a whole bunch, honestly, um, will level up, and you'll have higher wound thresholds and higher mental strain thresholds, Um, but mostly it's that you're going to be coloring in more of the little boxes for, like, your mechanics are better as you continue to take on more specializations. So cool. Yeah. Um, back to the, the campaign itself, uh, I really liked, one, that there were no goddamn space wizards anywhere. I think I think Jedi are the, uh, and Sith are the least interesting part of what of Star Wars, no, to be honest. No, I absolutely Thank agree. I, Thank I think, you. And, like, it turns into, as you were saying, if one person's Force-sensitive, everyone has to be because they just become the fucking backdrop to yeah. that person. Um, and then, like, how do you get four, four sensitive people together in a, or three, in a, in a campaign set in the time you want to set it? And, like, yeah, I just find it, I find it's, uh, like, I like the political machinations, and I think it was, it was really well done. And I like playing on the side of the Empire. Yeah. I actually like the Empire in the Star Wars universe. Well, I mean, less now in the <clears throat> newer movie, because they're literally Nazis, yeah. like, super blatant about that, but... I, I like the idea that kind of everyone is in this perpetual state of gray where everyone's just kind of trying to do the best with the hand they've been dealt. And if you were on a world where, like, the worlds we kind of just created, where all there are are imperial schools, if you want to get off that planet, you go to an imperial school, and then you're just an imperial. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? I, I have a friend who who uh, always argues um, that, you know, the Jedi... Uh, especially as they're depicted in the first in the in the prequel trilogy, are are the true villains of Star Wars. They kidnap I children from their homes. Theory. They indoctrinate them, and then they send them out as as holy warriors <clears throat> on a crusade that no one even cares about. Right? And like looking in that light, the Empire just wants to get. We don't want to depend on this mystical mumbo jumbo, and we need to focus on technology, on structure, on. Well, and I I also love the idea of playing as non-force sensitives, that you understand that magic exists in the world and there is no way you will ever, ever have access to any of it. And I think that is a much more interesting and compelling story than, like, I do magic. Watch me do the thing. Watch me. I'm going to use magic to literally solve every problem that comes my way ever. Even, Even fucking Luke blowing up the Death Star required magic, despite the fact that he had a targeting computer. Yeah. Like, the thing is built for that. You know, like, it was... No, and it's, and it's the same as, like, I can imagine that whole scene playing out with someone on, like, the tabletop, and they're just like, right, so you got, like, you're in your X-Wing, and you're pulling up the thing, and you're, like, your targeting computer comes down, he's like, no, I'm going to turn it off, I'm just going to use my magic. And they're like, why? You have a system that lets you do this. And he's like, no, I'm going to use magic. 
I attack the darkness. Then, yeah, and then they're like, okay, well, I mean, this is going to be like an impossible role, which is uh, there is a thing in the book, right, that mm. states like this is how you do an impossible role, um, which I didn't do with any of you, right? But like, there is a way if your if your player is like demanding a thing that you will not let them do. There's a way to let them roll that. The problem is then with like destiny points and extra force dice and stuff, they can force you mm. to make it happen. Well, so we know we we, we fucked up one thing though today. <clears throat> we fucked up one big thing is that when, whenever Brie was telling us if it was a, a hard roll or an easy roll, none of us said, never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. Flip, flip a table. Yeah, what are you Sorry. Oh, I was going to say on the, the Destiny uh, tokens or coins, I think it might have been um, better or it might be better for future campaigns if they're like given to each player because I realized later on in the game looking at like the three of them being turned up it's like well anyone can kind of like grab it yeah. but if it's like your destiny coin that the GM takes away from you or turns to the other side then you're like oh shit I can't really do anything now yeah but if it's I, I also yeah, feel like destiny tokens are um, better suited for long form campaigns because the nature of our beast is that if we can find a convenient way to accelerate the plot we will because it's a collaborative storytelling effort yeah. for the sake of a podcast. <clears throat> so these things become Deus Ex Machina. Like, we are doing this because we're doing it. Whereas in, like, a regular campaign, you use that Destiny token to be like, I am having the showdown of my life, and it's yeah. I'm bleeding. It's not going well. I use the Destiny token to summon my courage or will to do this and overcome mm-hmm. this odds, knowing that I'm not getting that back for a long time. Right. Whereas yeah. we had, like... A loaded gun. It, it was. It was. Yeah. The, the nature. Joke, yeah. So. The nature. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you, I you literally used it to make a joke. Yeah. I appreciated it. Um, yeah. The nature of a four-hour campaign is basically just burn it if you got it, like all yeah. the time, which is I just burn yeah. through everything, which can be a problem. That's another thing, though. I feel like. I mean, with as weedy as combat can get with any kind of uh, tabletop game. It's still going to be vastly simplified by the system that they've implied here or or, or the one Mm -hmm. that they've implemented because it's not like, oh, well, I've got this ability and that's going to give me a plus one and then my other skill is going to give me another plus one or plus two. No, and 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 a lot of it, yeah. A lot of it's just like, no, you're using this weapon. uh, It does this much damage and your skills and whatnot mean you roll these dice. And the the book does give like a lot, a lot of pages to like, this is what you do if people are under partial cover. But like, honestly, the GM can also just be like, you know what, this guy's hiding behind a half wall so you can have this dice, but, you know, you've got some time to aim so you can have this dice too, right? There's a lot of, like, kind of back and forth with the GM and the character being like, here's your dice pool, and, like, the character can be like, no, you know what, I think, like, I'm going to take my time and, like, not rush this so, like, you can have this black dice back kind of an idea, and, like, that can happen, and there's some back and forth there, which I like. And there's a lot of working with the GM instead of against the GM, which mm-hmm. I think which promotes kind of been a, a, a theme with us recently, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it should never really be adversarial unless you're doing, like, a spooky game or something where, like, you know, the, the GM... But even then, like... You know, you you have to ask yourself why you're here and what what you want to play. Like I I I've oh, never yeah. been a power player. Like I I don't play well with people who want to min max and all that no. because I don't care about winning D and D or winning the game. For me, it's about like coming out the other side with a fun time. I, like whether it's a full party wipe or like you save the day, so long as the journey was interesting. That's kind of what I give, mm. give and a that's- shit about. That's super important, though, because um, back in the day when uh, when D&D was, like, the only game in town, yeah. and when it first got its start, like, D&D 1st, 2nd, and 3rd edition has a lot of stuff in the campaigns that they released 
which were extremely adversarial between the players and the people yep. that were running the games. Like, it was the DM's job to kill the characters, yep. and it was the, the player's job to defeat the DM. And it was, like, a big versus match. And, like, like Mike, uh, Big Mike showed me at the end of one of his D20 Live things, like, the old campaigns that he was running us through. And it was a lot of, like, oh, well, this starts to happen... And the players have to interrupt you halfway through your description to tell you what they're doing. They need to argue with you, and they need to do this in order to survive. And I was like, so I have to be a shitty player, like a bad player, in order to survive these encounters? That's fucking awful. And he was like... That was just, like, I was running it because it was one of the original campaigns, but, and he's just like, yeah, when this skull floats up and, like, you know, levels towards you, I'm like, I'm patiently being like, I'm waiting for you to tell me when I can take an action. Yeah. And he was like, I was never going to do that because it insta-kills you unless you interrupt me. Mm. And I was like, that's fucking awful. How like, do you why know? Would you... How do you learn other than by well, dying? E- exactly. And I was like, so Especially I have to be... as Canadians. You don't want to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> We're all too nice. Like, I have to be a rude, shitty player in order to survive this encounter. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a fucking awful way to teach people how to play. And yeah. I'm really happy that games have evolved away mm-hmm. from that over time. Yeah. That it now much more supports a collaborative storytelling effort between the people that are running it and the people yeah, man, that are playing. Yeah, man, I got too much anxiety to be like, no, GM, fuck you. Like, I don't... I got too much anxiety for that shit. Don't <laughs> No, me too. Because I was like, literally just sitting there I'm like so I just die and he's like yeah you didn't say anything I'm like you didn't tell me yeah, I when to act I wasn't like, gonna you had the floor <laughs> as, the, as the GM what should have happened was skull floats off the thing and looks at you what do you do yeah yeah um, then that gives me because like okay you're telling me I have agency to act at this point as the player because yeah. you're running the game <clears throat> it's your game so like and, you're telling me when I have an opportunity and if I can just before we like end up here like this was my first time GMing um, and I know I know in a lot of cases, like, what bothers me personally is the GM basically being like, here's a room, what do you do? So I was, like, trying to give you, like, this is what you know without being like, hey, do you want to go fucking assassinate a dude? Like, <laughs> like I was trying to walk that line, but, like... I think you did a, give yeah, me, you did a great job. Give me, I, give me, like, the tough love, like, how did I do the thing? Yeah, you, I think you did great. That, like, it's, that is the hardest line to ride. Um, you know, yeah. I, I've been, you know, GM'd many, many games for this, but also over the years, and, like, Giving your players a sense of agency, um, or not just a sense, giving your players agency while not leaving them confused and trying to fulfill and further your go- your narrative goals is incredibly hard. Yeah, because right? like, like, I, yeah. I was not going to basically be like, here is a thing, why don't you go ahead and do it? Why don't you tell me how you're going to do it? Like, I was trying to give you enough of a sandbox mm. to play a thing yep. without basically just being like, there's Skyrim, bye. Well, because the thing is, the other unique <laughs> thing for us is Justin that, like, just poked his head into the room. <laughs> oh, am I? She's Welcome. There. No, yeah. I so, hear you're doing a brie brief. A brie brief. <laughs> Here's the kicker, though. We talk about cheese. Um, (laughs) The easiest way to ride that line, you succeeded in doing the number one thing you need to do to ride that fucking line like a pro, and that is give details. You don't go, here's a room, what do you do? You said, uh, the nurse just got up and left with this person, and he's like, okay, and he's like, and then the door is open, her computer is there, it's still on, and it's unlocked. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then you're just like, okay, so I have the option to leave. Or I could sit at the computer and I could rummage through her shit or I could do this or I could do this. And it gives and, – and, and, like, if the player needs additional information, then they can ask for, like, okay, are the lights on here? What's the what's the hallways like, you know, if I'm in there? What are my escape options like if I get caught, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera? But, like, it is 
the mark of a really good GM to give details about the setting that are relevant to what's going on, to set a scene both uh, with the senses to be like, oh, the trees look like this, the wind is like so, here's your sounds, as well as here are the materials that are in this area that could be of use to you. Uh, and you're like, okay, good. Now, as a player, I have everything that I need to yeah. to act within this setting. That was great. Yeah, um, you did a fantastic job. And oh, it's it, it very, very, like, in fact, the way you describe things um, is very reminiscent of some of the best text adventures. Like, that's how, that's, because that's... I that, love those. That's what, <laughs> that's what made them, that's what separated a good text adventure from, like, the shitty Hitchhiker's Guide game, where it's like, what do you do... Like, you in a room, what do you do? Like, that's, well, I could do anything. That sucks. It's overwhelming. Whereas, yeah, the descriptions you gave. And, like, I do feel that for, for Terrible Warriors, we have a very different goal than most people who play a role-playing game, right? Like, for most people, your characters sort of have ambitions and goals because you've thought about them for a long time. You're developing them. So you can get to a point where you say, well, Connell, you walk into a bar. What do you do? Because you have an idea of what you would like to accomplish in the world that you've been sitting in every week mm. for like 10 weeks. Yeah, we, yeah. Whereas for us, like literally some asshole just calls you up on a Tuesday and is like, hey, you remember character creation? You're like, fuck, no, let's do it. <laughs> right? Like that's, that is literally. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, making, it was great. <laughs> we're making motivations on the fly, right? Yeah, like, like yeah. you're literally just like, I don't know what's going to make a good character with all the other characters who are playing. Like, I don't fucking know, whatever, so, right? Is someone already playing a droid? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I guess I could play another mad scientist. <laughs> well, I was, that was so funny. He's like, yeah, so Connell's playing a mad scientist. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's, no. That's a, and Julian, that's a really good point. Hey, everyone, it's Jess and here. Bye. Um, uh, they go into a room, what do you do? Can't do that much when you're playing a short-term character that you've just picked up this week versus Captain Schofield over at Star Trek Adventures. I can do that now where you walk get, out onto get the out bridge. Get out of my game. Stop plugging your game. <laughs> Ro- Romulans are there. What do you do? And and, and you're right. I don't have to be as descriptive. Because uh, well, you have an character. idea of what it looks like. Also, the only other non-mad scientist Connell character we've ever seen. Stop promoting your game. No, Get out of my game. It's, it's one show. One show to love them all. Uh, I'm wearing my Star Trek uniform. I know. It's bad. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's, that's pretty so, yeah. much our debrief yeah. then. We'll let all of you go so you can fucking eat some dinner because I've trapped yeah. you in a room for six and, hours. And, and, and I think it's like the middle of the holidays is when this is coming out. So yeah. go go back to your so go back to your families and lives. Why are you here? I'm I was eating go. Halloween candy at the beginning of it. And now, <laughs> and now we're presents. at Christmas dinner. Like, yeah, we're still eating candy at the end. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on all their Christmas podcasts and they're listening to their Christmas podcasts. Yeah. It's a tradition. That's Merry a... Christmas. I made them Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thanks. Patreon I hope that's supporters. still funny in December. Right? No, I, I hope I uh, Trump. No, no. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Do I have to edit this? Uh, we might have to just never release just this, depending on what happens in the four U.S. Hours. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll just never release this, depending on what happens in the U.S. Between now and when it gets released. Re- redacted. All right. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, on Patreon. Bye. Bye. Hey, Bree, you did a game for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, we're going to bed. <laughs> I'm doing a pizza first, for sure. Well, yeah, that too. Thanks. Thanks for being trapped in a room for six hours, guys. Always. <laughs> I'll always be trapped in a room. Of some sort. The handful of people I would oh, like to oh, be trapped. You know what? You're the game master. You sit in the chair. Thank you. I'll sit in a chair. Yeah, I'll we'll stand there for ten seconds, and then you can leave. Oh, I gotta get the murder gloves on. Wait, you gotta put one murder glove on. Oh, yeah, I gotta put one
thought if my optimism got like adjusted, I could become suicidal and like you know, take everyone out. <laughs> like, oh, Wait, now that I can feel you. rational again, I just yeah. walk out the airlock and drift into space. Is this, <laughs> Freeze, is this your pencil? <laughs> I've done some yeah, things. It might be AJ's, oh, pencil. AJ's pencil. Probably AJ's pencil. Amazing, thank you. I've done some things. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, fuck. Huh.